Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wager, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and an editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, we are back here with another episode. No Josh Woods. He's getting ready for his upcoming game in the CFL with the BC Lions, but it is week one officially of the college football season. And I got my buddy, We've been able to interact and meet him through Twitter and talk college football with him. Charlie Krause is joining us here on the show today. Me and him went back and forth, throwing some different questions at each other, getting ready for UCLA and Coastal Carolina, which will be playing in the Rose Bowl in the evening this Saturday. I believe that's a 730 start Pacific time. But again, so the Bruins opening the season uh, they did have a starting quarterback named Ethan Garbers will be your starting quarterback. I'll talk to Charlie about that throughout the show. Um, that does not mean Ethan Garbers is the only quarterback that will play. You will see Dante Moore, the five-star recruit from this year's class. And then you'll also have the Kent State transfer Colin Schley also getting some playing time, according to what Chip Kelly told us on Monday. Now, we'll see how that dynamic works out when we did talk to Chip Kelly didn't have a, a full time frame on how the the game reps will be distributed. And I'd imagine at this point um, in the week, he would have to have some idea of how he wants to go about doing that. But um, as I mentioned before, me and Charlie going back and forth, talking college football, you know, we had a realignment NIL and all this other stuff taking place throughout the off season. We're now on the other side of that and we can start at least to some degree, but we can start talking about the on-the-field product and college football as it's meant to be talked about. So with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right, well, I'll start with question one, and I, I want your take on it. Uh, I saw from your video that that Chip is wanting to play all three quarterbacks, and the Washington kid – Ethan Garbers, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was named the starter. But what's your spin and take of the honest assessment of him saying all three are still going to get playing time? So it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, actually. So, one, it was just exciting to start the season, as everyone knows, and maybe especially the folks over in Cleveland now uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Dorian Thompson-Robinson um, is doing his thing. So a lot of people are getting familiar with him. Um, I covered him five of his – Four of his five years at UCLA. Um, so he was really all I knew as far as a quarterback out there at UCLA and under Chip Kelly. Um, he was there with Chip Ke Kelly for day one. 
Um, so this whole thing was different. And that was one of the things that was exciting about covering UCLA going into the season is there wasn't Dorian Thompson Robinson. So where were they going to go? How were they going to handle this? Um, what was it going to be like? Cause it was going to be a new dynamic regardless. Um, so when he names Ethan Garbers, the starter, uh, that wasn't totally shocking just because we've kind of been limited in what we can see as the media when it comes to fall camp. But during the spring, um, it was a little bit more open and we were able to see Garbers taking first team reps. Uh, but not only right after does he say Garbers is starting, but he quickly follows it up with five star quarterback Dante Moore and right. Kent State transfer. Colin Schley, you're going to play and, and you can hear some of the reactions in that video as well, where it's kind of like, whoa, like, what? <laughs> like what's going on? And it's kind of weird because. You really, there's probably very few occasions in which you're uh, ever going to question an offensive move by Chip Kelly, but this one was kind of, where are we going? And so the things I was, so what I was telling uh, fans when we were doing Twitter space earlier this week was he's more or less just prolonged the quarterback competition. That's all that's really happened. And what he had said um, prior or earlier uh, over the past week or so was, he was going to name a starter, which obviously he kind of, you know, so only one quarterback can play in the field at a time. Um, but then when he kind of followed up and said, Garbers will take the first snap, even that made it sound kind of loose to where, um, you know, anything that happens after the first drive or first quarter is kind of up in the air on where he decides to go from there. So um, interesting dynamic from what I'm used to with Chip Kelly, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's just ping pong back and forth. So I took the first mm -hmm. one. I'll let you go with the second one. Sure. So speaking of quarterbacks, you know, one of the things I found interesting um, as soon as I found out Coastal Carolina was on the schedule or as it was coming up and Coastal was on the schedule, uh, Grayson McCall um, did enter the transfer portal, did dabble a little bit. Uh, apparently there was some conversation with Chip Kelly at one point, um, decides to come back. I know there was the coaching change over at Coastal Carolina, uh, but I thought part of it was maybe he was injured and maybe someone didn't want to take him on, if I'm not mistaken, uh, through the transfer portal. Maybe he didn't like his options or something. Uh, but I was just curious more on his status or, or what's going on with uh, Grayson Call. Is he 100% healthy going into this game? He is absolutely 100% healthy. Okay. Uh, actually, the new recruit, uh, the new, new head coach, Tim Beck, uh, makes the joke he had a couple of his biggest recruits were keeping his own players. The okay. biggest headline of them being Grayson McCall. Uh, there was a few schools. Some of them had the word SEC in front of it. Also entertained uh, Grayson. Uh, but if you've ever met the kid, he, he means this sincerely. His heart is right there in Conway, South Carolina. Uh, he's as authentic of a character as you get. Yes, you were right. At the end of the last season, he did get kind of banged up. Mm -hmm. um, nothing horrible, just some heavy bumps and bruises when big guys okay. hit you. Um, but so he did put his name out there for the portal, but it, it didn't take long for him to be convinced by the new head coach, Tim Beck, to return and, and stay, quote, unquote, home. And then I got one more name for you as well. Okay. That uh, I don't know if he – I don't think he ever even entered the portal, but I know – and I know I don't know if it's legal or not, but we all know that stuff <laughs> is still being yes, happening. And until it's fully monitored and fully mm -hmm. regulated, it's just going to be what it's going to be. But Jared Brown, um, I, officially he's listed as a wide receiver. Uh, 
every time he steps on the field, he's the fastest person on the field. Now, you guys okay. might have somebody that can prove that statement wrong. Yeah. But right now, he's the fastest kid on the field. And a lot of schools are are wanting to for him to come their way as early as this past this this fall right now, but he, mm-hmm. he stayed as well. So we actually have two stays and we only lost a couple of people to the portal. Uh, but yes, Grayson's fully healthy, ready to go. He is clearly QB one. This is this is his final hurrah, and uh, he hopes to have win his and earn his fourth consecutive Sun Belt MVP. Wow, he's going for it all then, huh? Yeah. It it was kind of yeah, it was kind of interesting because you know you start seeing a lot of off season stuff and people are putting out their content and you're the top ten quarterbacks and. Um, you know, Grayson McCall is maybe one of two, three quarterbacks from some of these smaller schools where if you just see the school on the schedule, you don't think anything of it. Um, but I, I think that's one of the things you get with Chip Kelly is one, he's going to have a full understanding of everyone on the opposing roster. Uh, but he's also very quick to show and give respect and not take um, anything lightly, uh, regardless of what team or roster he's up against. So he's spoken highly of Grayson um, quite a bit, and I don't think they're going to try and us underestimate him um, at all. Well, I'll, I'll share this also real fast about Grayson. Believe it or mm-hmm. not, he holds an NCAA record, highest QB rating for a season. He's at he broke uh, whatever Alabama quarterback held it, Mac Jones, I think. <laughs> Uh, but he's like a two hundred four point something for mm-hmm. a season total of a QBR. Uh, it's an NCAA record, and out of all the records, I think that one's pretty cool. Okay, good deal. Go ahead with your next one. All right. So obviously, Chip plays fast, and I think a slow a slow possession for him will be snapping somewhere between twenty and twenty five seconds. Yes. So we know about all the weapons, and uh, there might be a lot of new faces on the weapons. So part one, I got a two part question for mm-hmm. you. One, who are some of the names to that? Because Charbonneau's gone, DTR's gone. Uh, if you could just you know help my side out of just saying sure. who should we be looking for, and then two, what goes missing in these type of conversations? Because Coastal's the same way; they like to play fast. What about the O line? Because that's the million dollar question that nobody talks about when you're talking about the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's actually kind of interesting. So we'll start with some of the weapons. I'm looking at. Yeah, how do you replace the production of a, a Zach Charbonnet? And again, Chip Kelly said, you know, I, I don't think you can. You you really can. Um, they're going to try and it it kind of the last season kind of threw me off a little bit and, and had me thinking it was a one back system because it was Charbonnet. And that's all you really needed was Charbonnet. Um, they had some other guys that they were bringing up and developing. And we saw some of that depth there a little bit at the end of the season. Um, but this year you're going with TJ Harden, who's a returning true sophomore. And you have Carson Steele, who is the transfer over from what Max school was he at? Oh, Ball State. He was at Ball State. Interesting story with uh, with him is Chip Kelly would be um, in his coaching meetings on Thursdays um, and he would have the TV on in the background and it would be the Maction games. Um, and he said, this guy always just stood out to him, you know, and they find out he has a pet crocodile and everything else. Um, Crocky J is the name, and anytime Chip gets to say Crocky J, he has a big smile on his face about it. But, um, but yeah, so he sees this guy on TV, and obviously, he sees that name into the transfer portal. Um, and from what I heard, he makes a very quick visit, 
um, out that way to go visit with uh, with Carson Steele. So um, it was interesting. Chip just put out or UCLA just put out the depth chart not too long ago. Um, they went with a, a TJ Harden or Carson Steele. So who takes the first snap? I don't know, but um, they're going to go back with the two back system, which is what they've done in previous years since I've covered UCLA. Um, I think they're going to have some studs in the backfield. Um, and I think rightfully so. It's going to take a couple guys at least maybe right away um, to replace what Charbonnet produced. Um, going back to your, your offensive line question, um, like I said, they just released the depth chart and there's some surprises there um, that we weren't kind of expecting. Some guys that have kind of been on the roster, just kind of hanging out. Josh Carlin is one um, that comes to mind. He's going to be starting at left tackle. They did get an old Dominion transfer in uh what is his name keandre kadua if i'm not mistaken i believe is the last name he came in um at the start of fall so we weren't very familiar with him during the spring and i think that might be part of it so there's still some questions at left tackle so when you come to the speed of the game i think it's a matter of uh maybe that maybe that's some of the reasoning there you're going with some of these familiar guys to kind of get up to that live action speed and, and, you know, kind of test the water before throwing some of the new guys in. Maybe you see um, some shuffling along the offensive line, but that's one of the other highlights about that offensive line for UCLA is um, there's been times in past years where chip has had quite a bit of depth on the offensive line where he'll do hockey style rotations of guys and could just bring out five new guys at a time and rotate them in. I feel like they don't have as much depth this year to kind of do some of that. Um, but they do have some veterans on the offensive line, starting center Duke Clemens returns. Um, he had been with the program for some while and has worked in some different spots, but it's kind of found a home there at center. The other one is Garrett DiGiorgio, um, who had his first real uh, full full year of experience as a starter, had been in the roster a year prior. So he's going into his junior year or probably his uh, redshirt sophomore year, if I remember correctly. But Garrett DiGiorgio is a guy who's going to continue to step up as well. But um, the offensive line has been a strength for the program, but I think it's in a little bit of a rebuild mode this year. So uh, we'll see how they do, especially when they have not only one new quarterback that they got to try and keep upright, but uh, somehow three of them. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you ping pong back and have your turn. Sure. So, so one more for kind of, so playing off of that, actually, um, you know, you talk about the speed of Chip Kelly's offense and, and some of the unique dynamic that can come with a Chip Kelly offense. Um, just give me a little bit on the defense. What are we expecting from Coastal Carolina? Maybe even if it's not X's and O's, just what are some of the personnel? Who are some of the uh, impact players on that defense that if Chip Kelly's probably uh, putting in a highlighter there to make sure that these guys are well aware of on defense? Well, first off, we have to mention the winner, not just member of the winner <laughs> of the all name team. All okay. Right, so what you got for me? Cornerback slash punt returner, Matthew McDoom. Okay, McDoom. So, okay. McDoom. I mean, it's okay, just that's cool a good to say. One. It's fun to say. Very now, nice. So Step into the slot. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The, the area that gave Coastal Carolina issues at the tail end of last season mm -hmm. because of injuries and then what I call professional decisions, either because kids were entering the portal right. or trying to get into the NFL, their entire defensive backs were the, both corners and both safeties were gone by the end of last season. And so they, they were just getting beat early and often at the end of the season. And that's why some of those scores looked the way they did is because of those things. Now, if you ask me the percent of improvement out of all the <laughs> positions mm -hmm. throughout, 
hands down, number one, best, most improved is the defensive backfield. And yes, they have a a fun name to say in Matthew McDoom. He's one of the cornerbacks. He's only a sophomore. Uh, Dre Pickney returns as well. He's going to be a a strong safety, uh, more than likely. He'll be at strong safety. And he's on one of those watch lists uh, because he's returning from injury where Mm -hmm. he missed uh, the back half of the season. So he's on one of those recovery watch list awards, which is really cool. Uh, the linebacker slot, they have a kid by the – well, they have got a few, but JT Killen is getting a lot of preseason love. Um, he wears jersey number 21. He's one of the linebackers. He's just one of those hawks to the ball. And wherever the ball is, he ain't too far behind. <laughs> right. uh, so he's always going to be a name to watch. But then the defensive line, they've put – the past couple of years, they've put at least one player in the NFL for three consecutive years okay. from the defensive line. And now it's like, okay, well, who's next? Well, he's not as big as the previous other guys, but a guy by the name of Kennedy Roberts. And now he's one of the captains of the team. He's going to be in the defensive tackle position. He's probably stronger than the beef that's been there. So he's not as big. He's not any like the 315, 330 guys that could just clog up the whole defensive line, but he's probably the strongest one to take on that position. So it's, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be just as curious as you are (laughs) watching him emerge into his new kind of like captain role on the line. Um, A lot of returning faces as well. Like Shane Bruce is still there um, as a linebacker. Um, But, when uh, Jamie Chadwell left for the Liberty job and took that, if you ask me which which uh, of the two sides of the ball has been more recreated, it's the defensive side. And so I'm really curious what the defense is going to produce and look like uh, going into it. I think the offense – Ever since Coastal Carolina was coast became Coastal Carolina, even before they made the jump from the FCS to the FBS, they've always been known for, hey, we're going to put up points. And last year or the past few years with Chadwell, it's it's the spread triple option run to open up the pass. This year, I'm I have no proof on this, but I, I'm thinking <laughs> it's going to be pass to open up the run and just okay. let Grayson be Grayson and showcase his arm. And, and just get the ball into open space. Uh, but the area that's going to be the most curious for all of us to learn is what this new look defense is going to look like. So even though it's a different offensive mentality, you're still going to see speed. You're still going to see points. It's the defense that are uh, is getting a lot of people curious. Um, Just, yeah, just to play off that, you kind of said something interesting there where um at, at first when you said they're they're usually a run first to kind of open up the pass i was like oh no uh but then when you said that it might go a little bit more pass heavy uh to start uh i'm like yep that's the way you can beat ucla if you're gonna if you're looking to beat ucla's defense it's with the secondary a lot of questions there um in the secondary even though they've had returners which is kind of the interesting thing that as far back as the pandemic i can remember They've had veteran leadership, experienced guys in the secondary, but they just continue to get beat. <laughs> it's like they're good leaders, but they're their own worst enemy sometimes. So um, I, I think that's one of the biggest things. And I'm sure Coach um, Chip Kelly has been 
very couldn't stress it enough that this Grayson McCall is not a joke. Um, this is someone where if he wants to get the ball out, he will on this secondary. So um, definitely something to keep an eye out for now that you've mentioned it. That's something that's going to be on my radar, um, especially with the defensive line that UCLA has. Uh, they're known for stopping the run. They they have a formidable defensive line led by Liatu Latu and the Murphy Twins. Um, a, a lot of preseason honors, much like you were saying, a lot of watch lists for for a lot to lot to a guy who had 10 and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, last year, but has the goal set for himself individually for 15. The school record is like 16 or 17. So um, he's not looking for for record books, but he's just looking to kind of improve on what he did the year before. So um, can he go for it? I think he can just because of the strength of the schedule this year compared to last year. I think it's possible. So um the offensive line for Coastal Carolina is going to have their work cut out for them. But if there's opportunities to pass on a defense, UCLA is, is the one to kind of do it on. Well, I, I want to see your perspective of this because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the one guarantee I know Coastal Carolina will be coming home with is a paycheck. They're they're looking to come home with a W right. as well. They're not coming over there just to take the paycheck and leave. Mm-hmm. I know they're playing to win. I know the spread is what it is. And I, people like me, honestly, just don't look at the things like the spread. Mm-hmm. I know, at least for the past six months, UCLA has been on 99% front brain focus and then 1%, oh, yeah, we also play 11 other teams. So this yeah. is they. This is their circle the calendar game. We're on ESPN. Mm-hmm. It might be a late night start, but we're on national television. This is we're going to showcase early, and the Sun Belt has had a little bit of a reputation uh, the past couple of years of, of beating some of the big boys early in, early in September games. Um, I don't want to say look ahead because that's you have to have actually played a game before you can look ahead. Right, but. Is this a game one mentality or is this, oh, crap, Coastal Carolina lives in the top 25? What's the perspective either from your viewers or what your Mm -hmm. vibe is from from the UCLA players of how they view Coastal Carolina? Yeah, I think uh, obviously like for a lot of teams coming in, you're kind of worried about yourself going through the fundamentals. You know, you're getting a lot of that. Um, it is still early in the week for game week, but you know, a lot of the questions us in the media are starting to ask or get a perspective of is what is the, the focus? Like what, what are you guys seeing on tape from coastal Carolina and whatnot? So, um, and again, going back to what Chip Kelly said is he's taking it very seriously. Um, I think that, that UCLA has to look no further than uh, non-conference play last year when they had Alabama state, South Alabama on the schedule, um, I'm blanking on who the other team they had at the moment, but I think they opened with South Alabama and no, they opened with the Alabama state and they didn't have Zach Charbonnet for that one. And they pretty much kind of fumbled. I can't remember what Alabama school was now at the moment, but they more or less kind of, kind of just were tiptoeing around taking them very lightly because you, you, one, we us in the media, we thought Charbonnet was playing. He had practiced all week. We didn't see what the problem was, and all of a sudden, he's not playing. So that was kind of one of the news angles for us. But then, as the game started going on, uh, it remained close. I think South Alabama was probably even scored first, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had Jake Bobo, who's doing big things. Uh, 
um, on the preseason roster or just made the 53-man roster for the Seahawks. They put him in the backfield. He transferred from Duke, and they had him as a kick returner. Um, and you want to see what he can do, and he's fumbling the ball, and that was the first and the only time he was in the kit at a kick return spot. Um, so they they were trying stuff out, but I think they learned a lesson that just don't take it lightly. Um Again, especially when your key playmakers are not there. Sure, they were testing their depth and trying some other guys. So um, I think they'll be kind of a little bit more aware going into this game. But I think at the same time, and I'm kind of would be kind of interested in your perspective. Maybe you guys haven't had a chance to talk to the players since the starting quarterback situation has been announced at UCLA. But one of the things that came to mind for me is like, wow, the fact that you named a starting quarterback, but then you threw out two others are going to play like how is that dynamic going to work if if coastal carolina is up by two touchdowns in the third quarter for example are you still going to try and play your starter not because if he's not the one that's the issue are you going to continue to play ethan garbers or or because you promised the other two guys were going to play do you do you kind of stab yourself in the foot there and start throwing in uh the other quarterbacks just because you said you will um, I think Chip Kelly's a guy of his word, so I think he'll try and get the other quarterbacks in. But I kind of almost felt, felt it like maybe it was a little kind of disrespectful in a way, the way that that was kind of put out there. I don't know um, if you've heard anything or there's been any, any feedback on your end regarding that kind of situation. Well, what I do know, I know not yet, but tomorrow mm-hmm. at noon is our uh, weekly presser. And okay. actually, that's high up on my list <laughs> is – getting his reaction mm-hmm. to, you know, all three quarterbacks playing and how do you game plan for all three? Does, or have you been game planning, you know, the, that whole perspective and just see right. where, where, what direction he takes that all in. Uh, so yeah, that, that I'm waiting till tomorrow at noon for that uh, conversation to take place. So, um, and, and yeah, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting dynamic because it's not one of these situations and, and no disrespect to Coastal Carolina. Obviously, not they've been doing nothing but big not things, good. but it's just kind of like the, you know, it's like you're not not hiding the fact that, you know, you're not trying to hide who the quarterback is or what they can do. So it's like, what is the point of this? Did you just not really have a one quarterback separate from the other? So and that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. That's exactly what I was mm-hmm. going to ask you, uh, either off or on, mm-hmm. and, and be you know just if, if if this is just your perspective, sure. Is nobody truly separated yet? And he's just waiting to see what happens in the games, or is it right now? This is my gut feeling, uh, and we're going to stick with the gut feeling until my gut feeling changes. So here's what I thought about the quarterback situation. I thought. Ethan Garbers was was the guy I thought he was leading the whole way. I thought he was the leader in the clubhouse just because, again, we weren't able to see as much during fall as we were during spring when we were able to see a lot more of practice. But you had Garbers taking a lot of the first team reps. So unless there was a significant jump by anyone else, if Garbers continued on the trajectory he did or had been and apparently still has been on, then he would be the starter. So it wasn't totally a surprise that he was a starter. I think if you ask the fans, they wanted five-star quarter, uh, five-star recruit. Yes, yeah. Dante Moore. They wanted to see him. They wanted to see something fresh, which I think is, for me, is is one, a little funny because when Dorian was the four-star recruit, 
coming in to try and start compete for that starting job in Chip Kelly's first year. Um, it took three, like two or three, it took three or four years for them to warm up to Dorian uh, without kind of hammering him for his mistakes and getting on him. So I don't know what they're expecting to see from a true freshman. If he's the one at starting quarterback right away, but um, yeah, a lot of people wanted the five-star quarterback. There was a point in time up until like last week where I'm still thinking it's going to be Dante Moore. Um, just because he's the five-star guy, he flipped very late from Oregon to come to UCLA. Um, you know, and uh, you you don't even know what what may be going on with the NIL and uh, whatever kind of promises there may be. Chip says he doesn't do promises, but um, if you're bringing a five-star guy in of that caliber, I'm sure you're doing something to uh, along the way. And maybe we're seeing some of that with him getting some playing time very early on. Um, but it seems like you're just trying to keep everybody happy. Like, I didn't even think Colin Schley was the number three guy. I thought he was fourth behind a uh, redshirt freshman, Justin Martin, who was a local recruit. Um, and, you know, maybe they have th that ability with him being a redshirt. They can have him lead the scout team and still build him up in the process. But, um, what did you tell Colin Schley to get? Because Colin Schley committed out of the transfer portal two days before Dante Moore flipped. So you got both these guys in the same week and there was already buzz of Dante potentially flipping over. So uh, Colin Schley was aware of, of Dante potentially coming in, still decided to come in. Um, seemed like he had a good thing going at Kent State for the most part. Um, was Had a lot of experience coming in and is probably the most experienced of the three quarterbacks that will be playing um, but the most experienced in the system is Ethan Garbers. And that's what Chip kind of said was uh, the reasoning or the reasoning he gave was that uh, Ethan Garbers is the most experienced within the system. So um, I guess he does have that edge, but I don't know. I think Chip is is someone that because people were throwing this out. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe he's going to start two guys or maybe he's going to do a two quarterback system. And I'm like, Chips doesn't seem like that kind of person. If he's this offensive mind, he's his own offensive coordinator. There's no offensive coordinator. He's calling his own play. So you would think in his own mind, he would have this settled and have a guy. But for Chip Kelly to not even have a guy, I'm just kind of like, whoa, OK, maybe this quarterback competition is a bit closer than I thought. Um, again, I didn't think Colin Schley was all that accurate back in the spring. So, again, that was a bit of a surprise to even see him. Uh, be named number three. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Dante Moore and Ethan Garbers. And again, it comes down to how big of a leash uh, does Ethan Garbers have? Is right. it going to take one interception, one bad quarter before you throw him in? Um, we asked right after, how are you going to distribute this, this quarterback time and rotation? And he said, oh, we'll figure it out throughout the week. So you know, I would pushing it off. <laughs> I I assume he knows, but I don't know. Yeah. I because he doesn't, you know, he never tips his hand all the way, but I'm just like three quarterbacks. I mean, so does the real season start for the season the conference opener against Utah in three or four weeks? What are we doing here? Because you by I mean, unless you're gonna kind of play three quarterbacks, eliminate them. You get to San Diego state, you have two quarterbacks, then, then you move on to one and give them a full time. I'm not sure how that dynamic is going to play out, but um, I would be curious to hear. And I'm glad that you already have it on the list of things to ask for the coach um, of just kind of how, how do they perceive a lot of that information and, and what is the game plan for them? Um, and with that being said, I'm just kind of curious, what is kind of the coaching style of the new hire um, that they have a head coach? What is his coaching style or, or what kind of demeanor and attitude does he bring into this this program? So he took over a from a coach that was well loved. Mm -hmm. It seemed that way, even from it, around the West Coast, it did. Yeah, 
well loved. And so when you're taking over that program, a lot of guys were like, I don't know, this is, you know, we had a good thing here. So he wasn't an in-house guy. No, he, he's the, he's the OC from NC state. Okay. Okay. He's He's the OC from NC state. He came in and, um, took over the day after the bowl game um, mm-hmm. and, you know, introduced themselves. And I'm sure there was some hesitation. And I'm sure there was some, let's just tread softly, but the guys have warmed up to him fast. They mm-hmm. really like him. He brought together a whole new staff because this is his first time as a head coach. His mm-hmm. head coaching career record is zero and zero. Okay. okay? And Chip uh, Kelly's your first your first uh, match so out there. <laughs> he had a symbol of full staff. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a little bit of a learning curve with the spring of mm-hmm. just all the coaches learning their own chemistry and own di- dynamics with each other as sure. well. Uh, but if you can mesh and and over the spring, then I will say the mm-hmm. word mesh. Um, I, I, I speak with high confidence about that, of how how well they're starting to really gel together. Now, is this going to be running at as the high level as a, as a Nick Saban uh, squad who's <laughs> been established for 13, 15 right, years? Right. No, uh, of course not. Let's keep it in real, perspective for reality. But given that this is year zero and, and he basically came was hired after the recruiting window, and he, Ooh, okay. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, the the December window, mm-hmm. he basically was saving recruits. Okay, yeah. and then the, the spring recruit we had a few, uh, but they they you know they've got some you know it's 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 there and it's established, um, but the the buy in is there already, and I, I I was nervous about that because of how the roster players from last year how they would feel towards them this year, you know, the new recruits and new faces, obviously that goes without saying, but mm-hmm. it's how, how the, the former staff or the former players and it, it, yes, there was a small transition of nervousness and, and you could expect that at the end of the day, they're 22 year old kids right? What do you right. Expect? or 21 year old kids or yeah. less than that, but they work through that pretty fast and they're working hard. They're 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 working harder now than when they were with Coach Chadwell, physically wow. and possibly mentally. So he has really uh, beefed them up uh, and gotten even tougher than where they were. And I don't mean that as a disrespect to Chadwell; that's just a different mm-hmm. style. So he is as prepared as you're going to be for this being game one showcase of my career. I was a good hire. I'm going to prove to you why I was a good hire starting Saturday night. Um, and I say that with high confidence. I'm not going to say, okay, now watch this. We're going to win 30 to 13. Right, That's right. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he knows what he got into. He's doing everything the right way. And what he views as his way is the right way. And it, it's, it's, it's turned some faces already. Cause you know, you're afraid that, okay, this year is a clean out year. I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. They're predicted third in, in their side of the bracket. Um, but I honestly think they're a front runner right now to, to represent in the Sun Belt Championship um, with, with the talent they have returning and and some of these coaching staff were some really good hires. Lobbing softball when you can okay. knock out the park. UCLA will win because 
UCLA will win. Oh God, I, I'm not ready for. Well, I, I think it goes back. I think UCLA will win because of their their returning defense. I mentioned Latu. I mentioned the Murphy Twins already. Um, another name to look out for Darius Muasau is another one. And then they got a Cal transfer, uh, Ofemi Oladejo. That's my best my best pronunciation of it. Um, is a guy who looks like a stud and has a lot of excitement the same way when Charbonnet came through, but on the defensive side. Um, so a lot of hype around him. He was named a starter today on the depth chart. Um, so excited to see how he how he kind of comes about. But I think they have enough returners, eight returners on defense that I think um it will kind of work out uh, in their favor if, if the defense does well. But I, I kind of flip it around and ask you the same question. Um a solid performance or even a win for Coastal Carolina will come as a result of? One, uh, we, let's go back to the original part of the conversation. Grayson McCall, he's going to get the speed uh, and he's going to get the ball to the speed players. And I, we haven't even talked about the backfield yet. Um, we got weapons galore on, on throughout the offensive side. Tyson Mobley could win a foot race against almost anybody. Reese White, Braden Bennett is finally healthy. There, Sam Pickney is an all, all, all Sun Belt receiver. He's our our big big receiver. I was gonna say um, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was. Um, oh gosh, uh, I think it was Georgia State. Um, why am I drawing a blur? Georgia Southern, uh, and then he's been mm -hmm. with us for the past two years um, in the portal. It came to us, uh, so he's got weapons all around him, and that. They're going to produce points. Uh, I say that with high confidence. Uh, I, I think, you know, if Iowa or Illinois had the number one defense last year in the country, I still think we could move the ball and get some points against an Iowa or an Illinois def defense. And I, I know that might sound a little bold and brash, <laughs> um, but I, I that is I a big know, statement. <laughs> I, I know we're going to put some points up the board. Okay. Is it 24? Is it 28? Is it is it going to be a track meet and somebody wins 53-51? I don't know. That part I don't know. Um, that's going to help us out. But the real question, it goes back again to my, my first point. Let's see what the defense does. The defense is what uh, at the end of the season was where, where the Coastal struggled the most and had, had the most areas of just need by the end of the season. So let's see if that percentage of the defense has increased uh, to, to slow down UCLA's because if we're matching threes for with sevens, it's not going to go well for our favor. But yep. we'll see what ha happens. Um, do you have uh, any sort of prediction or, or do you do score predictions at all? I, I do, but I haven't gotten to that yet. But I Me will neither, say, to be I, honest. Now that I, think about I, it. I honestly haven't gotten to that yet, but I am going to say this with high certainty. Take okay. the over. Okay. Bet the over. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the I don't even know what the over under is, but I'm gonna right. say high certainty. Let's take the over. Right before we jumped on the call, I I saw some Twitter account. I didn't look too deep into it yet because I was getting ready to hop on with you. Uh, someone had Coastal Carolina going over, um, and had them winning, and and I was kind of looking at it. And I was kind of like, okay, I had to circle back to it a little bit, but. Uh, there's some people out there and, and some of the UCLA fans were eating it up saying they're doubting us over here on this side. And I'm like, I guess <laughs> but so, well, that's college football for you. Uh, you know, it, it, let's say it's, I don't know, 65, 66 total points. Mm -hmm. 
I speak yeah. with high confidence. Oh yeah, I could see uh, that. We both can yeah. muster up a combined sixty to seventy points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't looked at the line yet. That's tomorrow's right. job. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Awesome, Charlie. Thank you yeah. so much. I appreciate well, I, being I on appreciate with you. you. You coming on as well. And this is good stuff. Of course. And now we're back in the studio. A special thanks to Charlie for joining us again on the show. Very much appreciate having him. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Coach Crew Show on Twitter or X, whichever you guys call it now. I still call it Twitter. Um, but yeah, again, special thanks to Charlie for hopping on, talking Coastal Carolina with us. I think Grayson McCaw is a guy that UCLA has to be fully aware of. I think the secondary will be tested. They do have some returners, but they do have some new guys kind of stepping up into some new roles in that secondary and, and on that defense. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle a tough challenge right off the bat in Grayson McCall. Um, highly regarded. Chip has nothing but respect for him. And as Chip even mentioned, had some discussions early on when Grayson McCall himself was in the transfer portal. Um, but for whatever the reason, he decided to go back to Coastal Carolina. So, again, if you like what we're doing here on the Believe in UCLA football podcast, make sure you check the description down below. We will have some different things. I'll try and have some articles down there for you, some info on where you can follow us on social media platforms, both me and Josh. But until then, make sure if you do like this show, if you have any feedback, any questions, you leave them in a comment and leave a five-star review on your favorite audio platform if that's an option for you to do so. And as always, go ahead. Ask, ask us your questions. Let us know. I'll have some more preview content throughout the week at the OC Register, ocregister.com. Uh, just put up a defensive preview here early in the week, and we'll have an offensive preview that will follow shortly thereafter. So, again, thank you guys for all the support. I'm excited that the college football season is here. Um, no AP Top 25 voting for Week 0 just because there was only a handful of games, but – I think after Labor Day, we're going to start getting rolling and I'm back with the ballot and having my top 25 out there. I'll be sure to make sure and I I will make sure to get those announced here on the podcast as well for those who are going to follow with my top 25 that way. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. And as always, I will catch you in the next one. Thank you, everybody. This is the Believe in UCLA football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.